game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the official Jets podcast. EA and I are back from the bye week Thanksgiving now upon us. It's almost like a, like a double bye in a way because you have the bye week and then you have a couple days off and a spotty schedule from Thanksgiving. It's kind of nice. Are you getting some days off this week? I don't know yet. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving, I, feel, I figured we're all getting off. Okay, yeah. Uh, but it, it's more of a relaxed time, and any time that there's less traffic on the road, it's like a day off for me. I totally understand that, being someone who used to commute back and forth from Long Island every day. But this from, lead, from To clarify, from Jersey to Long Island. Yeah, well, okay. no, from Long Island to Jersey and back. Yes, okay. Okay, so I would like to ask this question is, the players, uh, they come in on Thursday. I know there's no media availability. They, they think, probably have an early day on Thursday. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe they do because there's a pool reporter. Okay, coming yeah. in. And who is it? That would be New York Post's Brian Costello. I, w- I was just going to ask if it was Costello. I, I feel like it's a yearly, it's an annual tradition for him coming in on Thanksgiving. The Turkey Day tradition. For Ma- maybe he, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he has some turkey duties that he wants to get out of. I, I feel like uh, Thanksgiving is early this year. And the Jets' buy was late, so now you have back-to-back consecutive weeks that are a, a little bit atypical for the regular season. And are you in Jersey for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'll be in Jersey. How about you? Are you going to be in the city? No, I'm going to Westchester, where mm. my grandma lives. Okay. And, and she's a Jets fan. She is a Jets fan, yeah, she is. I, in what's fact, been, What's been her take on the season, or she just takes it all in? She just takes it in. Okay. I, I, every year. Every year she goes... We're going to the Super Bowl, and I've heard that every every year since I've been alive. And every time baseball season comes around, yeah. the Mets are going to the World Series. Yeah, but she she doesn't follow she's basketball eternal, and hockey. She's an eternal optimist. We need more of those. In yeah, this no world. doubt about it. She uh, sometimes she asks me which which ones the Jets are on the TV, but... Maybe Dino Babers could have asked her for a pep talk after <laughs> Syracuse yeah. uh, played uh, Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that, Syracuse did not have a good uh, New York weekend. No, that's okay. And it's unfortunate because they're branded New York's college team. Uh, I think St. John's is New York's college yeah, team. Yeah, you, you yeah. said that. I don't Especially know Especially from a college basketball perspective. Yeah, You well, can't get more city than St. John's. I don't, I don't know where the term New York's college team comes from. I, I'll tell you what happened. Some marketing think tank got in a room and said, let's brand us this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how it usually works. Well, when you're driving up uh, 81, you see it on on a billboard. and you, The first time I saw it, I was just kind of like, what the heck is that thing? Yeah, well, hey, listen, we know the Jets are New York's team and New Jersey's team and so are the Giants, you know. We, a lot of, a lot what of about th- the Bills? Well, yeah, but well, there's a lot of people, especially in Western New York, who would say that the Bills are uh, the only National Football League team in New York. But listen, that that's not fair because this this Jets fan base, a lot of people, as you well know, Greens, growing up in Manhattan, um, it extends, obviously, into New York and made its base in Long Island at Hofstra for decades. 
before coming over here to Jersey full time. No doubt about it. And he, I, I always got confused. I mean, I'm, I'm going to bring this up because of this weekend, Jets, Patriots, Week 12, both teams coming off a of bye week. There's a lot of debate is which states fall to New England and where does the line of New England stop? Because it seems to have bled a little larger once the Patriots and the Celtics and well, the Red Sox started to win a little more. Yeah, and they've been over the last two decades. If you're from the Boston area, you're pretty ecstatic by what your sports teams have been doing. But I would say New England is Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and parts of Connecticut. Not Vermont or New Hampshire? What about Maine? Well, that, 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 yeah. That's yeah, I, you can throw all those states in there. But like New Hampshire, live free or die. I don't think you're telling anybody in New Hampshire who the hell they're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to clarify, that's, uh, that's on their license plates. Yes, it is. But that is their motto. That is their mantra. Yeah, that li- is something they live by. So I'm not telling live somebody. Live free or die. Yeah. New uh, Hampshire. Uh, all right. Well, but yeah. Listen, don't, don't, get in, don't get in their way. New England, uh, the Patriots, this is an unprecedented run of success. Um, hopefully, we'll never see anything like it again, <laughs> unless it's uh, for a team like the Jets. But the Patriots right now with a 7-3 record, two-game lead over the Miami Dolphins and the AFC East, the Bills and the Jets, three and seven records. And New England's beat Miami already this year once. They are well on their way to securing their 10th consecutive division championship. That's crazy. And 16th out of 18 years. And I know for a Jets fan, it makes your skin crawl. So with all that being said, what do you think about this weekend's matchup? Because... These two teams, every they see each other twice a year. They play each other tough. They know each other. And head coach Todd Bowles said it a couple weeks ago that AFC East games are typically bloodbaths. I think there are a lot of question marks surrounding the Jets because you don't know what you're going to get on Sunday afternoon because I think a lot of guys, Greens, and I would ask you the same question. When we were in a locker room after a game last that happened to be in week 10 when they lost 41 to 10 to the Bills at MetLife Stadium. And I was surprised by the number of players in the room who said, we had a great week of practice. I think they were shell-shocked by what happened out there. Yeah, I think that the Jets were shell-shocked a little bit. and They didn't have answers. They, yeah, and they got in the hole early, and we've seen it, that fast starts are imperative for the Jets. I mean, you, you told me the other day after we looked it up that the Jets are 31st in the NFL in first quarter points. Well, they only got 24 points in the first quarter on the year. I think they scored against Detroit to even things up, but I know they scored 10 points against the Colts, actually, looking back. But during this four-game losing streak, uh, they have not scored any points in the first quarter. No, actually, I, I stand corrected. Uh, Chris Herndon had a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings in that game to even things up in the first quarter. But the last three games, the Jets haven't been on the scoreboard. I just wrote about this right now, actually. Interesting that you just brought this up, is that I think they need something to happen good early. And you tweeted it, and this is something we've gone back and forth about here throughout the week, is that uh, historically, in the very recent past, the Jets have played the Patriots tough at home. There's nothing to celebrate about that there, but the stats just tell you, strictly numbers will tell you, that the Jets 
traditionally play the Patriots, they, they give them a battle. But, uh, I mean, you're not looking for, uh, there's no moral victories here. And uh, the Jets got to find a way, to, a way to win a football game. Uh, last year in particular, just to zero in on that game, it was a 24-17 final, but the Jets were on top 14 nothing. And, yeah. and I, I don't know, this is a very specific play, so I don't know if you remember it, but Buster Screen had an interception on a deep ball, and then he almost had a second interception to where Brady was looking for Rob Gronkowski on the sideline, and it went through Buster's hands, but Buster could have been looking at another six right there. And it's a very specific play, but I remember us thinking in the press box, that left the door open a little bit, and sure enough, the Patriots came back and they do what they did, but this is... New England typically just doesn't beat themselves. Yeah, they're they're the least penalized team in the NFL right now. Here's what I will tell you. That's a great stat. Here's what I will tell you about the Patriots is that I don't see a team that is as dominant as they uh, have been in the past, especially offensively. When you're watching the Rams and the Chiefs and the Saints, as I got an opportunity two over the weekend, and I think most of America watch Monday Night Football, I would say those offenses are a heck of a lot more explosive than the Patriots. The Patriots still get the job done. Mm -hmm. I think they're averaging 27, 28 points a game, and Brady is still a very good quarterback, but there are certainly kinks in this armor. Rob Gronkowski is beat up from so many surgeries. He doesn't even have 30 receptions this year because he's been missing a lot of ball games. They think he's going to be back in the lineup. Sony Michelle's been getting it going on the ground. I think he's averaging a little bit over four yards a carry. And, and their leading receiver is a guy by the name of James White. It was a, a running yeah. back in his fifth year. He's got 66 receptions. The next closest guy on that stat chart is Edelman, who missed the first four games. Julian Edelman, he's got 40 receptions. This, this is not a team that goes as much downfield as you've seen them in the past. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because when you watch the Chiefs and the Rams on Monday Night Football, yes, you see the exotic offenses and explosive offensive players, whatever, but I think the Patriots are different in the fact that they're a little more surgical than the Chiefs and Rams who seem to be continuously pushing the ball downfield. And to your point is James White, the Patriots running back, leads the team in receptions and yards, I believe touchdowns as well. And he, he's been a real, I think, underrated threat for the Patriots. Yeah, I think people in the league don't think he's underrated. Uh, but I, I, I get what you're saying. There's not a lot I, of, I don't when, think he gets a whole lot of credit. When you're talking about a guy who's got six touchdowns uh, receiving, yeah. I mean, listen, the, the Patriot offense, the Jets have to tackle well this week. Number one is they got to take away the run. Mm-hmm. And that went away against the Buffalo Bills. And I know those guys were really annoyed about that. they got to get back defensively, got to get back to taking away the run. You can't see Sony Michelle getting the edge this week. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. Second part of this is you have to take care of the screen game because the Patriots are going to try to throw the ball to the backs out of the backfield, set those screens up um, left and right. And then it's the option routes. And option routes mean you have to tackle well in the secondary. I think the Jets will come up with a good game plan. Interesting stat, too. And, again, there are different people. There is no uh, stat that we live by in terms of blitzes against quarterbacks and things like that. But people in New England have said this year that Brady has struggled mightily Mm -hmm. against the blitz. And if the Jets can somehow win on early downs where you're putting Brady in third and six, 
Unleash the dogs, unleash the hounds, get after them. I, I know the Jets did not beat the New England Patriots last year, but two of Tom Brady's three worst performances from a completion percentage standpoint came against the Jets. One in week six at MetLife Stadium, yep. completed 54% of his passes. Right. And then week 17, when the Jets lost in Foxborough, he only completed 48%. Right, and then the total of those two games, 51%. Right. I mean, that's a good number. I, no, I yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to sign up for that every week. I would say that he did have four touchdowns in the two games. Yes. And just... Um, Rob Gronkowski had two of those at MetLife. Yeah, but then you got to give Jamal Adams a lot of credit because he helped keep Gronk off the stat sheet in that... 26 to 6 game at Gillette Stadium. Those were, if you're looking for something where you saw improvement from a player last year in his rookie season, and we've seen him jump off in his year two, was he came out after Gronk really got the better of him at MetLife Stadium, and they did a great job on him in uh, that second game. But again, no moral victories. You wrote about it, I've written about it. Everybody is talking about morale is high. Uh, Todd Bowles said that, Josh McCown echoed those sentiments, and then uh, Bowles said we're going to fight. Everybody on the team is going to fight, the players and the staff, and Jamal Adams said fight, 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 how, fight. How about, uh, how about last time these two teams met, Jamal Adams was shirtless in Foxborough on perhaps ridiculous like the coldest day. We talked to Bart Scott about this too, man. It, oh, you did? Oh, no, gosh. not about Jamal coming out against the Patriots, but Northwestern when they played uh, oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 22 degrees in Minnesota ridiculous. last week, and all every, all the kids came out with their shirts. And I could call them kids now because I'm a lot older than they are. They all come out with their shirts off, 22 degrees weather. By the way, if it's 22 degrees, I'm going to have 30 layers on this may come off as harsh, but do less, Northwestern, do less. What? Why? It seemed a little try-hard to me. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, what, what's the point? But did you did you take that same tone with uh, President Mao last year? I, I, if it was an individual, I think it would be a little different. The whole team thing struck me. Oh, me. the team thing was a little bit over the top for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed a little a little more calculated that way. You know what I mean? Okay. Like a little more thought into it, where Jamal is probably, you know. Can I tell you that it took me like uh, a couple weeks when we came back from New Year's Eve at Gillette Stadium in that game for my bones to actually heat up because I got field, <laughs> I could feel the ice on my bones for days. Yeah, it, that was the was that the coldest game you've ever been to? I think that was the coldest game I've ever been to. Yeah, that's a period. I don't think the weather's going to be that bad this week. I no. really hope the Jets fans are into this game. Like I said, you got to get them going early, man. You know it better than anybody is that uh, these people are starving for a win. They're frustrated right now, rightfully so. But I, I was encouraged by the locker room. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to transcend uh, to the football field, but I, I do think that the guys had the proper mindset. And probably, even though everybody, as you're continuing to learn here, Greens, Everybody's always going to tell you it's a great time for a bye. But for the Jets, after what happened against the Bills and that shellacking, they really had to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I think it was good for them. I think it was good for them. Yeah. Listen, no, I'm not ripping on anybody. I'm, that happens sometimes. You never want to see that happen. But I really think it was positive for everybody to say, yeah. okay, let's get away and reset. You, you know, I was thinking about this, and it's non-football related. Sam Darnold talked about it a, li a little bit about his commute on Thursday, trying to get in the city. Yeah. If we had worked that Thursday, I would have stayed out in Florham Park because 
There was no way I was going from here to Hoboken. I, I heard I heard stories where it took what a 15-minute drive was supposed to be yes. ended up being three hours. Yeah, I heard a bunch of horror stories. and The New Jersey Transit buses were letting passengers off at the top, at the front of the GW Bridge on the top level so they could walk across into the city because no, there was no cars allowed on the top level of the GW. Yeah, but what do they do once they get to the city? They walked all the way home? No, you can probably then catch a subway right there or, or the a cab. Su- or were something. the subways running on yeah, time? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, if not a little bit delayed, but I had I was in the city when it started to snow and I had just gotten I had just gotten my hair cut and I had to walk like 20 blocks south yeah. to meet up with my friend before going to Syracuse Yukon at the Garden, which, you know, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. And that was the beginning of a bad weekend. But Yeah, that's what I thought. But the, when, the Hurley, when Hurley put it on you guys, it said, uh-oh, Green, yeah. Green's is going to have a tough weekend, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but it, the subway lines were so long that it was, it was much easier just to walk and much faster. So I, I, the whole thing was a mess. Mm-hmm. So you can put the weather in there. Well, fortunately, the weather's been okay here lately. So, um, yeah, and I think the, the weather will not be a factor Sunday uh, at MetLife. There's calling for, I think, temperatures in the 50s. Is that right? Uh, it's, it's supposed to be rather warm, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you uh, know, and the fans, I know that, like I said, I, you know, everybody, they're overdue for a win. And and I think the players, you know, it was a lot of professional pride, individual pride. And uh, Jamal also put it eloquently, I thought, when he said, "You have a number of different motivations, including you, everybody has a different why, um, but it includes your the name on the back of your jersey, the name on the front of your jersey." And I think it matters to those guys. I think they will come out and have a much better effort than they did two weeks ago. Uh, I want to know, with six games remaining, who are some players that you're excited to see their performance down the home stretch after the bye week? And not just against New England, but when you look in totality of these final six weeks of the 2018 regular season. Well, I'll let you handle Darnold. I'm I'm not going to take everything. So I'll take offensively Eli McGuire. Uh, a guy's uh, got a couple games under his belt, and he's uh, he's proved continues to prove to be an elusive runner, and he's adept out of the backfield catching the football. He's got the low pad level. I really like what I've seen out of him. Uh, Chris Herndon continues to be an emerging tight end for this team. Trenton Cannon has been uh, uh, an outstanding special teams player. What let's see if he can continue. Uh, continue to get some sub packages uh, offensively and use them in different ways, like they did against the Bills. They use them on an end around, uh, and then defensively for me, it's the secondary um, because Tremaine Johnson. This isn't the year I'm. Uh, I'm sure that he envisioned after he came over from the Rams and signed the big deal in the off season. Unfortunately, that quad injury hampered him early. And then he gave up a, a big play to start the game against the Bills. But he's still a, he's still a good cornerback, Greens. And at the end of the day, you're going to be counting on Tremaine Johnson and those two safeties for a long time, no matter what personnel changes around those guys. So I'm really looking at the secondary. Uh, and like I told you, I'm letting you handle Darnold. But here's your quarterbacks you're facing. Tom Brady twice. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers possibly once. We'll have to see what happens with Green Bay. Deshaun Watson, a lot of people think he is one of the finer 
uh, young quarterbacks in the game. Uh, Marcus Mariota is a former top five pick, and then uh, you're probably going to see Josh Allen for the first time. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say the secondary. Okay. You listing off those quarterbacks reminds me of last year when the Jets had Breeze, Rivers, and Brady to close out the year. I remember talking about that. But on Darnold's particular, if he plays right now, it's unknown as we record the podcast because he has a strained right foot yeah. and he didn't practice Monday, but no injury report came out on Monday because Wednesday is when the injury report comes out. And... I think what we talked about this before, too. Uh, Tony Romo said this to Olivia Landis at, at the Bears game that fans should look to see maybe Donald perhaps turn a page towards the end of this season as he begins to learn more and more and take in things more and more. And he really, like you mentioned in on our show, Practice Today, presented by SiriusXM, that he really was referring to next year when Donald comes back and the OTAs and how things will really slow down for him then. But I, he, he made it seem, he meaning Romo, made it seem like that some of that could still happen towards the end of this season. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what may or may not happen, assuming he starts. And just branching off of that, I'm, you mentioned Eli McGuire. I'm kind of excited to see what Isaiah Crowell can do because hmm. he's flashed, yeah. no doubt, against the Lions in Week 1, against the Broncos in Week 5. But other than that, I think he, he hasn't had a great season and he's had great moments, but I, I'm very interested to seeing what happens with him. And He was bothered with an ankle injury after Week 5, and I think that kind of slowed him up a little bit. And I'm very excited to see what this offensive line can do because – Spencer Long was hurt. James Carpenter didn't practice Monday, so we'll see the status on him. But I, I wonder what, how that unit in particular will respond because you know the Jets want to run the ball, and that's how they're going to have success this season, especially when you have a rookie back there when you can take some of the pressure off of him. So I'm very excited to see what, what they're going to do. And defensively, I'm, I'm agreeing with you and Tremaine Johnson. I, I don't think that – the start of his first year as a Jet went the way he, he wanted it to. But, you know, six games may not seem like a whole lot, but it is a, there's a lot of ball left to be played. And I think that the NFL in general, whatever happens that week, that moment, the world's on fire if you lose and everything's fine when you win. But I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens with a lot of players, but those guys in particular. It's a week-to-week league. Um, don't tell the guys in the locker room that these games don't matter because even if they have an expiring contract and they don't even think that, hey, maybe the Jets aren't going to resign me, they're putting this film out there for 31 other yeah. teams, okay? <laughs> don't say it doesn't matter to those guys. And, oh, by the way, I know what the fans are looking at. I know. I've been here. Number four overall pick in the draft as the season ended today. I get it. The players don't care about that. The coaching staff doesn't care about that. Your coaches and your college, I mean, your college scouts and your personnel department, they're going to be scouting up everybody like uh, they have to. Uh, but that's an every day of the year kind of thing. So I know fans are eyeing that up and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I love the tanking argument. Nah, oh, do you think that, like, people, oh, do you think that? Players are tanking. No, they're not tanking. Like no, no team in the NFL tanks. It's just it, it's just not a thing. So no, 
table the conversation. This isn't uh, the NBA because I think they they they've had it happen a couple times. I think in, uh, but this podcast is not really for the NBA. But I would say that maybe the only year where you can be like, wow, they, they might really set themselves up here down the stretch that I really can remember is that uh, the Indianapolis luck year when uh, Manning yeah. was out. Yeah, I remember. And that. I think they played they played hard. Uh, but I'm sure those last two or three games, maybe everybody in the organization was going <laughs> to... Not the players, not the coaches, yeah. but I, I'm sure there a couple, a couple people in there probably had a couple uh, crossed uh, fingers and toes and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it couldn't have played out any better for the Colts in that aspect, going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, who's had a phenomenal year. Well, and, and just think about that. You know, a lot of people weren't thinking that win was worth anything. The Jets beating the Colts and how much uh, they're rebuilding and they're a struggling team and they don't have many pieces around Andrew Luck. Well, whoa, they look like a pretty good team right now. Yeah, no doubt. And the Jets hammered them. And yeah, that, I was Week a, to week league. Week to week league. So you don't know. We might look back at that and say, well, Detroit was nice, but Indianapolis right now. So the Jets have three wins right now. So it's Detroit, Indianapolis, Denver. Right now, you would easily say, I would, I would say Indianapolis is definitely the best team out of those three. Yeah, their offense is really cooking. Yeah, but their defense is playing pretty well, too. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm actually, coming into this season, I I don't think a lot of people did, but I definitely didn't think the Colts were going to perform this way. But, But the thing that I take away out of this Colts team, and I'm not trying to divert from the subject here because this is the official Jets podcast, but when you look at what the Colts did in the draft, and drafting Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith in particular, those two guys to solidify an offensive line around Andrew Luck, and then you draft someone like Naheem Hines and just add pieces here and there. I I think what the Colts did in the draft is paying off immediately for that team. And I, I think that... Frankly, moving forward, I think that the Jets, you could see the Jets follow a similar blueprint in the offseason, but I would, uh, that's I would, a long I, way away. No, but I think it's fair. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, if you're a fan, you're just not looking at Sunday. You can't. If you're a player and your coach, that's what you do. But if you're a fan, you got to look beyond. And, yes, they do have financial flexibility. Uh, they also have their first-round pick this year, and they have two threes because they sent Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans. No twos at this time. But, yeah, building from the inside out and also getting some piece, more pieces around Sam Darnold, I am sure that is part of the plan. There, there is a This offseason is obviously going to be a very important one because of what EA mentioned, the financial flexibility. You have the quarterback. Let's see what happens around building around Sam so Darnold. Is this, uh, so, so, Greens, let me put you on the spot here. So is this one of the last few times we will see Tom Brady at MetLife Stadium? He's 41 years old, pal. I know that you believe so. I do. I do. I don't. I, don't, I think Brady is... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. One of the final times or the final time? Because the other day you said that you thought that this was the final time. This is EA's hot take. No, no, no. The, 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 again, I don't want people running with this. My, uh, my point is, is that... He's 41. We all age. Believe me, Greens. We all age. He's had an outstanding career. Five Super Bowls. Four-time Super Bowl MVP. Three-time NFL MVP. Perhaps the greatest who's ever played the game. And I do think Brady's body 
is not what it once was. And oh yeah, duh, I get it. This is either is Drew Brees, but I think Drew Brees got more pieces around him in New Orleans. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I love Gronkowski as a player, not as a as a Jet employee. I'm saying as a player, he's a great player, but he's been ravaged by injuries over the years, and that, that offense is just not as as explosive. They're not going down the field as much. And listen, no, I don't think. Brady's going to be at MetLife Stadium too many more times in the future. Here's a trivia question for you if you're listening to the official Jets podcast and comment with your answers. And Sam Darnold's 21, by the way. And Josh Allen's how, how, however old he is. And uh, Armando Salguero, he doesn't think Ryan Tannehill's going to be the guy in Miami. We don't know who's going to be the guy in Miami. Right. <laughs> so, so here's a trivia question, and you can comment your answers and leave a, leave a review, leave a rating. Tom Brady, EA said this, Tom Brady, Super Bowl MVP, four out of five mm. rings. Who is the fifth guy? Who is the guy that won the MVP not named Tom Brady? And before we close up here on the Official Jets podcast, EA, what is your favorite side dish for Thanksgiving and your favorite dessert? I don't really have a favorite side dish. I used to be a big bread guy when uh, when I grew up. They didn't tell you carbohydrates was awful for you. Now yeah. now we live in a world where it's proteins and vegetables all the time, things like that. So I'd say my favorite side dish is probably uh, um, salad or something oh like that. Oh my god! Yeah, is that plain Jane for you? A little bit. Um, you just said like no. First of all, no details on the salad. I love. Listen, I'm a big baked potato guy, but nobody grills the baked potatoes. I like baked potatoes. Yeah, like what I would do with a baked potato is you put it on aluminum foil and you put it in the back of the grill. You yeah, put butter on that baby. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. put whatever fixings you want on that, and then you you bake it. You put it on the grill. You grill it up, and you have so that, it's a grilled potato. You have that skin. Yeah, that's blackened. Oh yeah. I like okay. That. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Now, yeah, because the skin is very good for you. Yeah. Now, my mom taught me that early on because I'm not a big uh, mashed potatoes. Fine, I'll eat them, but I like the skin on a potato. Yeah. So um, I'm a big baked potato guy. You can twice bake the potato if you want to. So, oh, but yeah. I don't like cranberry. We got one no. cranberry sauce. Get it away from me. I don't want it either. You, you know? like stuffing? I like it, but I, I don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it. I'd rather have my baked potato. And i got to be honest with you, turkey, it's, eh, it's whatever. I, 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 you know, it's <laughs> funny because I, I totally agree, and I have this conversation every year, is turkey is okay. Yeah. How often outside of Thanksgiving do you eat thick-cut turkey? Like not deli meat turkey, thick-cut turkey. Never. Okay, so th- there you go. Never. For, uh, for, for me, for, for me, Thanksgiving is... Appetizers, like the little snacky things. Yeah, I don't like cheese though. Go. You don't like cheese? Okay. Well, no. that what happens is every year at Thanksgiving, we serve. I, I'm not the host, but the host serves pigs in a blanket. Okay. So the pigs in a blanket are are, are hot are like hotcakes. They're yeah. they're hot options. Yeah. Okay. So those go, and then I, I usually fill up on appetizers, have a little bit of salad or turkey, whatever, and then the host makes this beautiful ice cream cake and I have a slice oh, of it. Oh, I like ice cream cake. So yeah. if you're going desserts, I mean, I'm a pumpkin p- pie guy. I love it. Well, yeah, you like the, sp- the pumpkin spice. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin spice. Love those. That's how I start my day. A little pumpkin spice in my coffee. But uh, cheesecake, I like it too, but uh, I like it a little pumpkin flavor maybe. Ice cream cake is good. All that stuff is good. I almost, <laughs> I almost said a profanity here on the podcast. 
I'm sure you can, but uh, I, I will like not to. All right. All that stuff is good. <laughs> okay, and, that, and that's how we close out the official Jets podcast. Again, Jets Patriots this Sunday. Thanks a- for listening, everybody, throughout the year. Yeah, throughout the year. It's, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for staying loyal. The podcast does not stop. It will not stop in the off season. So be sure to stay tuned and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. <laughs>